Saturday night. I'm so happy you all are joining me with my kitty cat, Mrs. Bojangles. Hey, Julia. Good morning to you. I got an hour left of this day. 58 minutes of this day can i play jolene which version so i'm a big connor oberst fan check this out right here this is where it gets fun on this song guys There's a short intermission I close my eyes They start dimming the lights But I've seen everything I ever want to see Screaming fire In the theater people taking their seats Watch it all go down like a storm <laughs> so what's going on? Brian says, I was listening to the Dead South before the show. Nice. Julia's listening to Richard Ashcroft, right? I found a really cool song that I hadn't heard before. Uh, I'll get to it later. And it's the best one. It was that. Oh, sorry, it was that. It was the king of the world. I've heard it before, but you know how sometimes you hear a song and it just doesn't hit you right away and then for some strange reason you listen to it years later and it just hits you like that that was that was one of them for me i was king of the world with a uh, first aid kit and connor oberst and 
Uh, you know, I, of course I love it, but sometimes when music comes out, it's hard to digest everything, and that's one of the songs that, that, that it skipped right on by. So yes, music is the one thing that gives me hope for mankind, right? It really does. Because the way that people have acted during the pandemic completely gives me no hope. But the way that we come together for music and, and, and beats and sound and dancing in weird, funky ways that people just really don't understand and neither do I. Why do we do it? It's the most interesting thing ever. But um, Bowl of Oranges, my friend, that's a great song. I, I'm such a big Connor Oberst fan that I've seen Bright Eyes so many times. I've seen Connor a lot. I've said this before. Uh, I When Connor and the Valley Mystic Band came out, uh, I somehow, it was the day of the interweb uh, torrents, and I torrented the, the first album, and I listened to it like endlessly. And I just remember that, uh, seeing, seeing Connor do this like... Uh, free show in Amoeba, and I was up front, and nobody had heard the record except me, and me, the band, and I was singing every song, like, every lyric to every song, and, and I could tell, like, the bass player was even like, dude, I don't even know this that well, and it was just fucking rad, and I felt like I was in on some secret that, you know, like, I just felt like I was in on a secret that nobody knew, except, you know, the hardcore people that did their research, and, and had to find you know, that music, even before it was released, like, if you're that hardcore, fuck, man, like, I couldn't imagine seeing that, like, you know, anyways, okay, love you, crypto cognacs, this whole crypto thing's awesome, man, the whole crypto and the whole NFTs and all this shit, it's very interesting, you know, it's, it's cool to, uh, to be in the, the kind of like the early stages of something that's it's you know obviously causing a disruption in in uh, the market in the world and that's fun to watch you know it's fun to watch and to be a part of so anyways that one post I just had about the Tuscan Raider and the uh, and the cat I'm telling you something about something about cats in the, in the Star Wars universe this kitty looks cold I try to cover her but she tries to run away so I'm just gonna let her be anyways let's get into the show let's get into the show it's been an interesting first week of the new year things have been uh you know, no, nobody, nobody's really gotten too out of control. Things have been kind of, you know, peaceful so far. I remember last year, like, it was like day number one, there was chaos. Day number two, there was chaos. Things are starting to, oh, well, of course, we could talk about this Omicron and all this, this crap that's going around and... Uh, I had a scare this week where I thought I had friggin' COVID and I went and got tested. And I think there's this group paranoia that the media, and not even just the media, that since, like, you know, we've, we've just been so shitty 
towards one another during the pandemic. It's kind of like mother's need, mother nature's just like fucking karma going, here you go, you know? You guys can't be cool to each other for like a year. We're just gonna keep this going. But what I heard is after this Omicron, it's just getting weaker and weaker and eventually it should just, you know, things should get a little bit back to normal. But uh, I was gonna play with my band today, you know, and uh, we didn't do it because you know, things just are creeping up again, so it's nerve-wracking, and I think the group consciousness uh, feels it, you know? Play Spoon, man. I've seen Spoon. They're great. They're all interconnected, right? Is that Britt Daniels? They're all, they're all, it's all a thing. That whole Saddle Creek deal, man, they're all, they, they put out great music and they're a big inspiration on my wannabe uh, record label that I am really shitty lagging on with everybody, you know, like life happens and I've got a small record label and I put music out independently and uh, I'm going to be putting some stuff out for uh, an artist that I have, Jordan, a day pretty soon and uh, I've just been lagging, life, life. It's hard to work a full-time job, operate fucking a record company, have a podcast, take care of two cats, and I gotta, I gotta put, I gotta really cover this kitty. Hold on. Soundgarden. I've seen Soundgarden. I'm so old, man. I'm so old. I've seen Soundgarden. Seen Soundgarden. I've seen Nirvana. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen. It's probably Mr. Bungle. Mr. Bungle is like... Mike Patton is one of, he is like a unicorn like I've never seen, you know, I, I talk about all these other bands and all, but Mike Patton's uh, mindset of music is just superior on all levels, okay, he doesn't fear anything, guys, he doesn't fear anything, and uh, that's what this is going to be, this show's going to be tonight about fear, and what does it do for us? Is it good for us? Is it bad for us? What is fear and what does it all mean? Brian said he saw Nirvana in Hawaii. Fucking A, bro. I remember when Jane's Addiction ended and uh, I heard there was gonna be a Hawaii concert and I wanted to go so bad and I couldn't go. I couldn't make it to Hawaii because I was too young. And then that was the show where Perry Farrell came out and he was just fucking buck naked and he just played the show for like 45 minutes or something like that, totally naked, man, 90s. I'd seen so many people naked, I've seen Norwood from Fishbone naked, I've seen like, that used to be the thing, man, like people would just come out and play, there was that one band that Joe Escalante was in, The Vandals, and they would just always come out naked, man, they would all, like, and it would be no, no big thing, you couldn't get away with that now, but, um, because people fear things, you know, but seeing nudity and seeing nakedness at concerts and all that stuff is fucking fun. And it's, it's, uh, it's wild and it's crazy. Kind of like the, the, the podcast, you know, we get to, we get to talk about these things. Like I witnessed, I witnessed a donut being put around a man's male member. That was the bass player of a uh, fishbone. And it was like New Year's Eve, I think some, some, Sometime at UCI and shit just got crazy. Okay, so fear and no fear. Fear and no fear. What the fuck does it all mean? And uh, 
I'm gonna change the show to what the fuck does it all mean because the holidays, they bring out the intensity in me and I noticed that I use profanity way more than I should, but I like profanity. So, okay, I'm gonna talk about fear and no fear. And uh, this show's kinda gonna be about uh, this alpine climber. And I'm not a climber, why? Because I fear falling off a rock, falling off a, a face of a cliff. Like I, I, I'm tall. I'm I'm close to seven feet tall. And uh, saying that, like, you think I wouldn't be scared of heights, but I am completely scared of heights. And uh, I was watching this Netflix uh, documentary today, and uh, it just came out of nowhere. I think it was called The Alpinist. And uh, it was about this guy, uh, Mark Andre Leclerc. Okay, he was a Canadian, and uh, and this this guy was an alpine climber. He was like one of the most insane climbers ever to come into the free solo sport of uh, climbing. Uh, I want to see. I see a comment. What's up, Brian? What's going on, bro? Uh, double Brian's. I got two Brian's. Yes, I love it. Okay. Well, does the fear control you or do you control it? See, now that's what I want to get to. Here we go. You know, um, there was a Louis C.K. episode and uh, it was Louis C.K., whether you like him or not, he, he, he has some really just deep questions. And, and one of the questions was, you know, he was on this like he was on this roof. And this chick was there with them, and I think it was Parker Posey. And Parker Posey was just like getting crazy next to the edge, and and she was like, "Come on, come on, come on, Louie, come over close to the edge." And he's like, "No, no, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to get close to that because I don't, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm scared." And she's like, "Well, what are you scared of? Like, you're in control of yourself. Like, you know, what is it? Are you scared that you're gonna accidentally jump, or uh, like, what is it? And you know, like." That's the same thing for me. They, they gave me that situation. Like if you're on a rock face and you're going up this thing and you trust yourself to know that you're not going to fall and you can remain calm, that's fine. But just that little incident of fear, like being on that roof and, and having that little incident of thought of like, holy shit, I could jump right now. Those things jump into my head. So I have those things like in my head, like where I'm like, fuck, if I jump off, am I going to matrix it right now? Like, and that's why I like to stay away from those things. And I don't know if that's fear controlling me or me controlling fear or me trying to stay away from situations that perpetually scare the living shit out of me. But what is that scare for? Is it really there to keep me grounded and to keep me from not falling off the building? So mind over matter, I completely agree, completely agree. Nook, nook, what's going on? Long time no see. Thought about Starbucks the other day and how like there was just all that group of people from way back, back in the, now everyone's gone. If I walked into any fucking Starbucks anywhere, I wouldn't recognize anybody. That's a fearful comment right there. But um, we had such great friends like Bo, fucking Bo, I miss Bo. Anyways, um, so yeah, it's that mind over matter shit and, 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 I meditate, I do tons of things to keep my mind strong, but this, this Mark Andre, okay, Mark Andre was like this, this nature phenomenon, he was just something that like, 
I, I'd watched this movie a couple years ago about this dude that free soloed like these really crazy like El Capitan and all these just things that you shouldn't free solo, right? That guy blew me away. And I'm, I forget his name, but he he's intense, he's awesome. He starts talking about on this documentary, this other guy, Mark uh, Andre. And Mark Andre is this like 23 year old dude that's just going out, climbing these huge peaks, climbing things that you're not supposed to climb, not putting it on social media really, not trying to expose himself, just doing it for him, you know? And getting back to nature and feeling nature and just climbing wherever he wanted to go. And it was just fascinating. And then that started to catch on. And then I guess at one point he was at the same uh, mountain that the, the really good you know, climber dominated on, and he just broke this dude's record by like a couple minutes. And, and then at that point, it just turned him into this just like crazy climber that started doing things that nobody else had ever done. Like, uh, he would free climb without ropes, uh, just shit that you shouldn't free climb, like things with snow and just all kinds of different terrains and all things that you just should always have rope and safety gear for. And he was fearless. And he was fucking amazing. And they have this documentary where you see his eyes and the excitement that he would get from when he would come back from the rock. And it was just like, it was better than any heroin drug you could ever see. Like you just saw he was electrified from like standing up from his fear. And I think that's fucking what it really is, is like standing like up against that fear and knowing that you're not gonna jump off that ledge, knowing that you're gonna fucking be like, you know what, dude, no. I, even if wind comes, I'm going to be strong here and I'm not going to fall off, you know, Parker Posey can't convince me to fly off of this, this building. Can I play the creatures? The creatures was my first, uh, my first concert ever, bro. I was 12 years old, Crawford Hall in Irvine. I was so scared. Even then I was so scared. Yeah. I like Jocko too, man. Jocko's dope. Jocko's dope. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't fear anything. Uh, the sad thing about Jocko is, uh, he was one of the best bass players in the world. I'm pretty sure this is the story. And he, uh, he he played these local clubs, and somebody mistaked him for like a loser or something, and they shook him down, and they beat the shit out of him, and they ended up killing him, and he was the best ever. So fucking tragic, right? right but anyways um that's another thing is for music you know as musicians and, and poets and all these people that that aren't afraid to put their heart out there that's 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 fear you know like I, me being a musician i remember i was playing a show one time and i was in like costa mesa or something and we had these things called capos and they changed the key of the the, the guitar and it was like my second or third show ever and and I was working on this new song and, and like I was, I, it had a capo on the third fret. And when I was playing it, like I forgot to put the capo on in front of all these people. And I was just fucking singing like so out of key, you know? And so just on this whole other, and it scared me. And the set of fear just made me panic. All of a sudden my whole body just turned fucking sweaty. And I'm just singing through this shit. And then finally I looked down after that, that initial set of fear 
came through my body and I'm like, something's wrong. That's where it is, the fear set in. It let my body know, hey, you need to check something. Then I looked and saw, oh, my capo's not on there. I stopped the song, apologized to everybody, put the capo on, sang through it, and like, but that was the fear factor. And I think after a while you get addicted to that too. You get addicted to uh, what could go wrong and how quickly I can fix it and, and all these things. Um, Grunge Chords, Texas says, uh, uh, Texas, the art of not knowing is equal to fearlessness. Exactly. Fear of the unknown, right? Like, fear of the unknown. You know, there's that Susie and the Banshee song, Fear of the Unknown. And, and it, that concept, it's true. Like, even when you're driving, right? Like, say you're driving your car and you just can't, it's foggy and you can't see for a fucking second. I know personally, I know personally that I've been in situations where I'm like, dude, I gotta just fucking put the higher power in my hands right now and let my light guide me and just know that it's not my time to smash into the car in front of me or have that happen. But I'm always cautious, of course. But, you know, when you're in fog and you, you can't see through, sometimes you're just trying to, you know, believe that there's something better than this life and not better than this life but something more um powerful than you that's guiding this whole chaos and they don't want it to just spin out of control and have you slam into 15 cars and have you know people die in front of you so i'm gonna read these comments because it's super fun uh grunge chord says once once i was using a friend's restroom and i got really I got this really strange feeling. I, I looked at the shower curtain and I thought I could look out the other side, but I chose not to because I got a bad feeling. Yeah, I like that. You know, watching, I don't know if you guys have watched the new Matrix, right? Um, there's mixed reviews about it, but there's there's this part where Neil, Patrick Harris and, and, uh, and, and Neo are in this mirror and, and Neo's just about to come out of the matrix and, and become who he is. And, and he comes up to that mirror and he just like, Neil Patrick Harris is in the matrix and he just fucking starts pulling him back in and it's just a struggle. It was so deep for me. Like I really thought that that was deep. You know, it was like, it was more than just him coming in and out of the matrix. It was like dealing with what, you know, consciousness is real and what consciousness is not and is this really the multiverse that's already been created before and are we a computer fucking process or are we love and more than you know just this flesh and bones and that's where i feel you know yeah the flesh and bones are uh the things that ground us but i also feel that like matter and stuff like that like my tv my tv's when I'm fucking sleeping, my TV's not here. It's not here, at least for me. You know, it might be here for, you know, whoever's in the room, like my chick, but it's not here for me, and I'm somewhere else. And at that point, that existence exists for me, even though I'm in the same room with the TV that exists for her, but not for me, you know? And that's everything. Once, okay, here's a scenario, or a, uh, um, you know, just a, a theoretical. We have seven trillion or whatever people on the planet. Imagine everyone dies and there's one person left. Is that one person existing 
or is he not because there's no one to perceive him? Kind of like the tree in the forest, you know, when it falls, doesn't make a sound. Well, through technology, we have drones and little cameras that we see that, yes, it does make noise. But if we're not looking at the, you know, camera on the other side, the monitor witnessing it, is it really existing? So on levels, yes, it is. And on the evolutionary scale of life, it is. But for our own consciousness, it's not. So I think the mixture in between is what kind of creates the multiverse in sense. You know, our own thoughts, our own fears, our own reality creates this ever, you know, lasting desert of just thoughts and love and, you know, once again, fear. And I feel that we have this fear, this love, and it's this constant just struggle. And I don't think it's ever going to, you know, these two things are never going to win because it's a constant battle. And I think that's what gives us the, the struggle to keep, you know, not being complacent, you know, because if everybody just sat around and was like, oh, hey, fucking peace and love and nothing's really happening, you know, you're not going to get shit done. So, yes, peace and love, but also opening up other people's eyes to realizing that, like, fear can be a good thing, but not when you use it for, like, the sense of, like, negativity, you know? Like, for me, uh, you know, I would fear, like, I had a wolf for, like, 12 years. When my wolf growled at me and I knew he was pissed off, that intimidation, that fear, it, I wasn't really scared like, oh, I'm going to go cry. But it was more or less like, oh, shit, my wolf is mad. He might bite me. And that fear alerts me, gets all my, you know, body ready to, to fucking react to whatever I need to do. And I kind of think that's a metaphor for, uh, for life. You know, I think we're... We're all just kind of too much on the defense to, to to see what happens. But let me read some of these again. What's up, Jungle Jim? I'm going to be up all night. I, I'm on my third tie iced tea. I got to stop this shit. But I've been working on Saturday, so it's really hard. Um, okay. Come to find out later, there was a 24-foot snake in the tub. Shut up. Oh my god, I chose not to know. Oh my, no way. That is fucking scary. <laughs> Sorry, that's super scary. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard something moving in my walls for like, this was like a two year, like a year ago. Like something was clearly moving in the wall. It had to be a rat or something that got in there. And I didn't know what to do. It, it, it obviously either died or, or got got out but that scared the shit out of me too you know and then you start it would always move at like three three or four in the morning and i was like dude is someone you know what is this what what's going on like uh we always you know think that the worst uh yo k22 that was i'm reading some comments here uh yo k22 the best poet right here says uh that was me a few days ago on i-95 i love how we are uh, in the now and i needed this right on uh with the fearlessness sometimes we have 
to let things happen and just trust it'll be okay, right? And that's the higher power once again. Like, I, I know this sounds stupid, but I feel like there is like a little, you know, in all of us, there's this just like light that really radiates out past our understanding and it goes somewhere, right? It, it, it goes, our, our light is connected to the sun, right? Because this is what gives us light. Like, the sun makes us grow and we're connected to it. Without it, we can't live. And I feel that like, whatever that sun is, whatever that true power is behind that sun is a more magnificent power that's working on greater levels than love than hate. M more or less working on levels of just probably love and sending that out and having it come back and receiving that, I feel that if you're in tune with good things and you're a good person and you're doing great things, you know, why would you die in the fog going to where you're going? You know, like, I know that sounds really like karmically stupid and, and ignorant, but I, I kind of feel like that. I don't feel like it's my destiny to to get in a car accident and kill people and to do all these things, but I'm still very alert and very, you know, I understand what can happen. Look at Brandy. Brandy killed somebody and took off, you know, like stuff like that is crazy. I, no, the point is, I definitely feel that your karmic value and how you treat your fellow man and all these things affect how you make it through the fog of life. So, this Mark Andre, and this is kind of what I was thinking too, this, this Mark um, Andre, I, I think, so, you know, he was this great hiker that made it to like some of the highest peaks ever. And, he just dominated the fucking scene on so many different levels where he was just, even people that were doing it for decades couldn't understand what this guy was doing, right? And all of a sudden he's kind of twisting the 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 world of, of climbing. He's making the world of climbing just completely shift so much that like now nobody's gonna use ropes and they're gonna just do the most outlandish shit ever. And this is what this guy was doing. And it got to the point where he he went to the highest peak it ever could go to. He could do it every like, he, he he did everything he could, and then he went out and he was with some other guy. And he always loved going alone. That was his whole thing. He liked to go alone. This time he went to, with some dude, and they both went out to like another crazy high peak. And then like nobody heard from them from a couple days. And both of these dudes like I, I know the the Mark Andre guy had no fear no fear whatsoever absolutely no fear and he fucking got caught in an avalanche and died both of those dudes died okay so the fear that's in me that goes hey man like i totally want to grow and fucking climb those cliffs like to me the, i'm an adrenaline junkie i want to do that if you think i don't I do. That's why I watched the documentary. But guess what? Like, I know the chances of me falling off of that cliff are so high that it's not worth the risk of everything, you know? And uh, I thought one of the most interesting things about the this this documentary was like, they're like, <clears throat> you know, if you if you're climbing up that that rock and you make it to the top, you're a fucking hero. But if you fall off, everybody laughs at you and, and thinks you're a fool. And I think that's kind of a metaphor for life. As long as you just keep going, you know, like just keep going for your dreams. Who fucking cares? Like the fact that that Mark Andrew uh, Andre died at 23, he 
he lived so much more than so many other people have done in 90 years, but it still breaks my heart that he's not around. And what blew my mind in the whole documentary, this is off the subject, is maybe it's not, uh, is his girlfriend, you know? He, he's, he's like, don't ever stop hiking, like, so don't ever start climbing. She climbs too. And she said this whole thing, like, you know, you're in your life and, and you think the world's, you know, just this perfect little place and nothing has really happened to you that much. Everything's, you know, cool. Then all of a sudden, boom, like you lose someone like your best friend, your lover and, and, and fucking, she's like, there's just this wave of sorrow that just hits you, you know? And, and that's just completely true. And and that wave of sorrow is like, it hurts and, and, it, and you never recover, like you can, she said it too. It's like you, you, you just change from that day on, and, and like my best friend, he died this year, and same thing. Or last year, same thing. It's just it hits so hard that like the fear of him leaving this universe also made me fear myself. Because when you're younger, you start to feel you're fucking invincible, but then all of a sudden you see your friends and and David Bowie and Prince and all these people dying, and Betty White, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Where are they going? Where are they going? And like, yeah, I want to go, but just not now, you know, and it's not that I fear that trip, but like, fuck, I want to be ready. I want to do everything. I want to get more wrinkles. I want to get a fucking beard to here. Let me get a beard to here. Let me get crazy. Like, let me live my life before I die. So let me read some more comments. What? Okay, Robert. Gabriel Reyes says, what song made you really love music that you decided to dedicate your music? Well, I appreciate you say that I dedicated my life to music. I truly appreciate that. Um, I still have a lot of fucking work to go. Uh, yeah. Um, what song? Uh, one song that sticks to my head, honestly, is, is Dazzle by Susie and the Banshees. Like, the first time I really heard Dazzle... Uh, it really like blew my mind of what could possibly be done. But, uh, <clears throat> but in early life, like when, you know, I was like in the fifth grade when, when you two and, and the Joshua tree came out, you know, that, and then like, that was huge for me. Like that, that album f made me just go, uh, especially like where the streets have no name. It was, it was that, I think it was that I was in the fifth grade. I was going to, I was going to school. This is the truth. I hate, I hated fucking school. Cause like you couldn't fit me in the box. Just like this Mark Andrew, Andrew guy, he, he couldn't fucking be fit in a box. And so the only way that I could really deal with the fear of score or just not wanting to go to school was memorize these songs that I heard. And when I heard like, you know, where the streets have their name with or without you. And these, just these, these things that I'd never heard before, they stimulated different parts of my brain that were like pretty much orgasmic as a as a kid so as a fifth grader I'm having these these like weird orgasmic trips in my brain and they're accessing different qualities of my brain and when I went to the test you know when they test you for mathematics they're like you know I didn't do a lot of math but they're like you're in a ninth grade level of math when I was in like the third grade so like that had to do with music just because, you know, music stimulates different parts of your brain. It makes it move in different ways. But, um, and, and, the, and even before that, I remember uh, when I was probably six, six years old, 
I remember my mom getting me this like little tape, like almost just like a tape player type deal that, that had a little speaker on it. And you could, I remember you could take your music with you. And at that point, I think it was like Rocky, Rocky three or Rocky four was out. And, and I had the tiger was the jam. And, and I clearly remember sticking in that tape and pressing play. And like, literally I could see shit blowing off of that thing. And I was like, what the hell is this? I, and then I wanted to take it everywhere. And then it became an obsession. And then I literally took a boombox, taped to my bike when I was like 10, taped it to my bike, put these triple D batteries or whatever in, in friggin', you know, it uh, on there. And I would just cruise the streets. And I remember my friend Allison, who I'm still friends with now, she saw me just on a, like, who does that? You know, like, so yeah, I, I think music is awesome. I think it definitely connects us as humans together. Uh, I know without music, we'd be a shitty culture. Without animals, without music, it would be super dull, you know? So, Brian says, there's been sort of movies about that. Okay, I'm gonna read some of these. Brian says, uh, we're all psychic, but we chose a level of sleep for our own comfort fear factor <clears throat> i agree and you know like that's the thing george harrison is like one of my all-time just gurus right and i just know how like this whole life it was like he was almost preparing for death and that's what i'm doing like i'm not preparing for death but like when that moment comes i want to be prepared he was prepared he was ready he was with his loved ones I, the, the story is the light really he was in you know a room and everyone was there and and, and and the light really like it came and took his ass you know and i, I want to be that comfortable i don't want to be fucking staring at you guys going i don't want to go you know i, I don't I, you know i don't want to be scared and uh that's fear and i told you my my chick's a nurse and she looked at me fucking like two weeks ago and she just looked at me and she's all everybody's scared when they're about to die and you know how many people she's seen fucking die it's on the on the daily daily and she just told me that and it was the biggest slap in the face everybody's scared when they're gonna die and this is getting super real you know my grandma fucking looked at me and she was just like three days away from death. She looked at me and, and I was the one thing connecting my grandma to this world. She was dying of cancer and I, I everyone's like, your grandma's going to die. You got to see her. I didn't see her for like a, like a month, you know, because I knew if I didn't see her, she was going to stay here until I saw her. And then I started thinking, I'll just ride it out for like five years. And then all of a sudden I noticed that I started being selfish. Then I just wanted her here for my own fucking satisfaction because her journey was up and she wanted to go elsewhere. So then I came to this, my aunt's house with all these relatives sat in a circle and my grandma's there. She's 89 or something looking at me and she fucking looks me dead in the eyes. And she said, Jimmy, I'm dying. That sticks with me every day of my goddamn life. And and somehow I knew what to say. I said, you know, grandma, we're all kind of dying. 
don't worry, when you close your eyes, we'll all be there. Where the fuck did that come from? And that's just how I feel. You know, once we once we leave the shell, it's like, yes, we will be fucking one again. But at what level? Will I really know my grandma? Will she know me? Of course you will on some kind of fucking level. But will I remember the Bryans? Will the Bryans still be there? You know, will the poetry still be there from YoK22? Like, yes. When you make the connection strong enough, especially with these little devices, it's it's getting better. I, I you know I hate these devices, but I love them as well because you know when I I, I want to text you guys like you're you're on the other side. It's like like you're about to text and you feel it even before you do it. It's a different kind of connection. We're definitely evolving in different ways, and I think that's almost kind of intensifying the what's the word I'm looking for when you when you leave a place the entanglement the entanglement i think the entanglement of our consciousness is becoming stronger and uh my point is i still fear death right now and i don't want to i want to get over that you know and i don't know how much meditation how much how many of my friends have got to die i almost died like last year and the one thing that got me through it was going Swear to God, I've said it before on this podcast because this this is if you guys ever get close to death, this is what I thought. I was like, dude, John Lennon's fucking dead. You know, George Harris is fucking dead. My grandparents are dead. My friend Sierra's dead. Julian's dead. All these people I love are dead. I get to go hang out with them in any kind of form. And I know that sounds weird, but any way I can get through the the, the weird wormhole and, and get back to the people that I really love and, and help me be me. Fuck, I feel more complete, you know? Let me read some comments. You did just hear the furs in the background. Yeah! They're amazing, come on. Living through a million years of crying until we realize the art of dying. Do you believe me? fucking George Harrison dude yeah man see like he was he was ready he he was so ready and and that's the thing I feel that when people start to get to that really when they start to affect things you know and, and I'll get back to the climber that climber was so um so in in a rush to kind of become famous that like he didn't realize that like changing the world of climbing so quickly and becoming so radical also makes other people want to outdo you and it creates this whole other thing of you know creating another paradox of people being like well i want to do the same thing and, and that in itself is tragic so it's almost like the the earth is like trying to say well or not even the earth but the multiverse is saying like you know, you're, you're going too much and you're trying to change things too quickly and, and everything is a balance. And when that kid died, like, I, it broke my heart because this documentary just fucks you up so bad because you just see these big, just just eyes that look like he's constantly on LSD, but he's not, he's just, he's on climbing. And like, you could just see the, the, the intenseness in his eyes and it broke my heart that, you know, that he, he, he passed. So Mark, Mark, Mark Andre Leclerc from Canada fucking broke my heart with the, with, with the avalanche and, and how he, he, he couldn't keep inspiring, you know, but is it true? Is he a fool for falling off or is he a hero for doing, 
what he was supposed to in, in living his dreams. I, I feel like it's a little bit of both, you know, like you gotta live your dreams without killing yourself. That's that's really the, the fine balance, right? Like, live your dreams without killing yourself. And and believe me, I get in that rock and roll frame of mind because I play music and sometimes I'm at the whiskey and sometimes I'm playing at the House of Blues and I feel like, oh shit, well, fucking Bowie used to fucking party at like four in the morning and fucking not, you know, sleep and fucking hang out with like the trippy like dude yeah but it it doesn't doesn't make you a better person if you burn yourself out to the point where you you know but hey everyone gets to choose what they want my friend jake ty told me the other day he's like dude i smoke cigarettes every day and and that's my vice and and that's how he gets off and he knows the consequences to that you know personally i can't smoke cigarettes because i feel like that's just asking death asking for death so oh i knew it was me by the way brian uh play alone again naturally definitely we live uh brian brian lansom said i gotta clear that up because we got two brian's here we live with fear every day little big all of it being brave is knowing you're you're scared and you keep going. I completely agree with that. That's that. And, and even in the face of like wrong, right? Like say Hitler and, and those troops are closing in from last year, right? All those, those people fucking came in and they're going to round up Jews, round up blacks, round up fucking everyone that doesn't think differently from them, you know, like, well, the, the solution is to, to, Really, the smart thing, especially you know if you're going to fucking win, is to join the side that's going to win. That's a Connor Oberst quote, right? But me personally, even if I know that Hitler and, and Trump and these people are going to fucking win, I can never take my heart and twist it into hateful I, 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 you know, ideologies and hateful things because I just don't have that. And even if they're going to win lock you up, take you to the fucking ovens, you know what, all those Jews that died in the fucking ovens, they all came back fucking as, as gods on a different planet, you know, and I know that sounds horrible and fucked up, but it, it's just true, all those people that have ever died in something horrible like that, they came back as fucking Robert Plant, you know, <laughs> just it, all different Robert Plants and, and fucking Tina Turner's all over the goddamn universes or whatever they wanted to be because those people went out with with the righteousness in their heart of knowing what was fucking right and what was wrong and I think that's more important than staying alive longer you know so it's it's picking what's right you know and uh I think that's how a species like us is going to continue is the more we go on, we have to pick right because we know this. If we pick wrong, we keep wanting to blow each other up because we think differently than one another, then there, there, there truly is no evolution. And I think, you know, uh, to get off a little subject, uh, maybe not even because this is fearful in itself, you know, the uh, whole ancient aliens premiere happened this week and and they talked about what i was talking about in the beginning of this season of my podcast how the government came out and just said hey you know what they're aliens like they're we there's craft out there we don't know about 
And why did they do that? Because we were all so fearful of the pandemic. We were so fucking scared that they were like, dude, just give them the intelligence, let them know. And, and also we had whistleblowers. So all these things happened. And then now our collective consciousness is becoming more open because we know there are other things like us trying to contact us. And that to me says that we are evolving into a a school of jellyfish floating in you know the ocean all as one and some might still have these shitty views about hate but we're all kind of conforming in a better way to understand that love and compassion and understanding is way better than hate and fear and judgmental behavior because all that shit just leads back to concentration camps you know everybody talks about why we're so obsessed with Hitler we're all so obsessed with Hitler because we just saw what happened a year ago it's so quick to jump on the, the fearful side of hate because that's what people do. They, they hate what they don't understand. They fear what they don't understand instead of just going to dinner with somebody that is different than you. You know, I was blessed where I grew up in Southern California and everybody where I grew up was either from Iran or from, you know, China like everybody was from such different cultures that when I would go spend the night at my friend Victor's house, you know, uh, Victor Lee, I just remember walking into his house and seeing his culture and seeing like, fuck dude, this is so crazy. I gotta take my shoes off and I gotta like, like just different things. And then when I go to my friend Jesse's house, you know, like I, you know, I didn't fear these things. I embraced them as culture. And I think true intelligence and in, getting out of the fearful ways of white supremacy and breaking apart as the school of jellyfish is to really embrace one another's culture and uh, just try things you've never tried before and, and don't fear that shit because what's the point, you know? Even though that, that Mark, uh, Mark Andre died in that avalanche, I guarantee all the, the ripples of love and, and just trying to, to break that fear pattern behavior, it, it got onto that ultimate high. And, and I'm sure all those highs out, you know, out lasted the thoughts of living to Betty White's age. Cause fuck, that's what I want. There is no death only change of worlds exactly i b x two four x seven i completely agree you know i i feel that once we leave that it's the hermit shell you know it's the, it's the hermit crab you know when, when i saw hermit crab on the on the, sh the you know and he, here was the shell and the hermit crab's like fuck dude i'm i'm done with the shell i'm gonna cruise out and then he he goes into another shell that's us i feel that the atoms in our body the things that are inside of us they they leave and they go elsewhere and i i truly feel and, and this believe me some of these some of these real uh what do you call them astrophysics will just laugh at this and, and and completely debunk my my theory but i truly feel that the atoms the essence of what we are leaves us and shoots back into the multiverse like a superhighway hits you know a gravitational pull that that is only pulled through this this atom field and pulled into 
the black hole of the whole cosmicness. And when that black hole happens, then boom, you're sucked into another what wormhole. And then your creative consciousness is cleansed and you're now popping out in Alpha Centauri 5 and you're fucking green and purple. And, you know, Nick Cave is uh, still there because he's so badass and he's still just playing songs while you're fucking purple, right? Here's the Nick Cave. I guess the whole point is don't fear things, you know? Fear fear the things that like could possibly chop your hand off if you've got a, a knife and you know you're cutting things and you're just hey I I I believe that this multiverse is is is, is real but nothing will harm me believe me you'll get hurt you know but use that fear to to create that pattern of your brain to almost fight one another, right? Somewhere in between those two things is the righteousness. Well, guys, I only got a few more minutes here. Uh, Stoked to have everybody, and I know it's really late or wherever in Italy. I appreciate just you guys listening from Italy. I appreciate you guys listening, and and I think you know the connections that I make, the, the stories that I hear from you guys. Uh, it makes me deal with my anxiety of fear. You know, Brian. Brian says, "Fear neither the God nor death. Exact the gods nor death. Exactly. I." I I don't believe that there's a heaven or a, and a hell. I, I truly believe that, that like uh, IBX24X7 said, you know, there is no death, only uh, a change of world. I, I completely agree. And, and, and I do think depending on your karma, you know, if you shit on people all the time, you know, there are different multiverses. And if you guys have seen like the What If show, you know, Marvel What If, what if there's, there's like the seer, and the all-seer just is in control of the different multiverses. If you think the all-seer isn't there going, well, okay, Hitler, you're definitely not going to go to the new Cinnanopolis style of, of existence over here. You're going to stay in the old Edward Cinemas, you know? Or you're even going to go to the fucking Woodbridge shitty dollar theaters, you know? And you're going to watch this movie and piss and filth and people are going to fucking make you feel it. That's kind of where I believe it's at. And I feel the more that we spread love, compassion, understanding, acceptance amongst one another, the the, the better Cinnanopolis uh, movie theater we get to go to. So, well, guys, I think that might be it. Do I have any, like, uh, I think that might be it. I'm trying to see if I have any, like, really great music to to end this out on uh, I really like ending it with this guy 
let's just go random here. We're gonna go Heart with No Companion. You guys heard of Leonard Cohen? I, from the other side. I try to end a lot of my shows with Leonard. Julia says with a camera in my hand, I have no fear. With Legos in my hand, I have no fear. And a kitty. Kitty in my bed, or two of them. I fear nothing. Hell yes. Good night, Gracie. I love it. I love it. I love it. They're the best. Thank you, Brian, for staying. Both Brian's. You guys are amazing. You guys are part of my show. For real. Leonard Nimoy was supposed to come on tonight. Uh, I think it's past her bedtime, but shout out to Leonard Nimoy if you see this later. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. I, I think next week is the last show of the, the third season. This is crazy for me. I never thought that I'd make it to three seasons of a podcast. But I'm going to keep going. So I'll have uh, I'll have one more show. Then I'll probably take a week or two off. Come up with new ideas. Come up with new show things. And... Uh, you guys can feel free to send me ideas what you want to talk about because I, I always need topics and conversation ideas. So what does it all mean? Don't fear life. Take it by the balls. Stay alive. Don't let the light go out. Keep it shining. Keep the light shining, guys. Like Mr. Magoo, like Gracie, like everybody. Like Peter Wolf's wife, keep the fucking life, the light shining, and our life going. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you, Julia. It's Julia said it's the best. I have not missed uh, any. You can believe me. You can miss things, guys. Believe me. Live your life. If you got shit to do on a fucking Saturday, Sunday morning, do that shit. I'm always here, guys. I'm always here for you. Rock and roll. What does it all mean? I don't even want to leave, guys. I have to. They're kicking me off. I want to stay with you guys all night. <laughs> all right. Love you guys. See you next week.